out of context from the meaning of the Trinity. It comes from the Jewish part of Nicholas that existed before Christianity. And the Jewish philosophy. A lot of confusion and a lot of questions. Let's look first of all at the first source of confusion. Let's look at Mark 16, 16. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved. But he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved. Now, on first glance, it would seem to suggest that you're not baptized, you're not saved. There are certain that teach that, including the Church of Christ. So, what is the second half of that verse? That that's not the case. It's those who disbelieve who are condemned. However, those who shall be saved are those who believe in our baptism. What does that mean? Are we saved by baptism? First Peter chapter 3, verse 41 says the same thing. We'll come back to this passage. And now corresponding to that, baptism now saves you. Baptism saves you. Are you saved by baptism or are you saved by being born again? Certain churches, like the Roman Catholic Church, believe in something called baptismal regeneration, sacramentalism. The sacrament states the right of sprinkling is called ex opere operato. It's only any state or anything. The ritual itself has power of salvation. Is that what Peter means? The Roman Catholic Church is telling you what means. Jesus said, he who is believed that is baptized shall be saved. Does that mean that you're not baptized and not going to heaven? That's what it says. Jesus said it to you. Baptism saves you. No, that's not what it means. When you look at the full scope of the Bible's teaching on baptism, it doesn't mean that the ritual of baptism saves you. And it doesn't mean that somebody who puts their faith in Jesus and get the normal deal accident and die before they have an opportunity to be baptized, won't go to heaven. That's not what it means. The good peace has no opportunity to be baptized, and Jesus says he's gone to heaven. What it does mean is, we are separating things that God joined together. We are separating things, cutting things asunder that God joined together. The New Testament does not make a distinction between being born again and baptism. It doesn't make a distinction. When people were born again in the Bible, they were baptized as soon as was possible. Even in a dead Bible, there was a lot less water and a lot less rain in that Why do we wait? Sometimes people wait years before they get baptized. Sometimes people people try to something called paracumulism and they have there is no biblical basis for any of that. Once somebody understands the doctrine and they put their personal faith in Jesus for having died for their sins, and they ask him to come in front of them and make them born again, there's no reason for that person not to be baptized. We are separating things, the word of God. 
Need your immunity? Great, what is the word? The book of Acts? The day of Pentecost? Great, what is the word? We're separating from the word of God. Now, let's look at Peter once again. First Peter chapter 3. And again, verse 18 is come. For the Messiah also died for sins once and for all. Again, like the three places in Hebrew, the direct repudiation of the Roman Catholic government in the says he died again and again. The judge for the unjust, in order that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. In which also he went and made proclamation to the spirit now in prison. The one who was disobedient on the pages of God kept waiting in the days of Noah, during the construction of the ark, in which the few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. And corresponding to that, baptism now saves you. Okay? Now. Let's put that together with Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. Do you not know that all of us have been baptized into Christ Jesus, have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we can bury with him through baptism into death, in order that as the Messiah was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in union of life. Baptism equals burial and resurrection. When you go under the water, it means you are buried with Jesus. When you come out of the water, it means you are resurrected with Him. It has nothing to do with washing as such as to do with immersion, burial, and coming out of the earth. That's what it means. Now, Christians get this wrong. Christians say, I've been born again, that's true. Christians say, I can say that's true. But the Word of God doesn't teach that. The gospel teaches salvation, past, present, and future. I've been saved. I'm being saved. I'm going to be saved. The past tense, I've been saved, means I've been justified. Justification. I was born again, I was saved. That means I'm crooked. I was a cocaine dealer in New York. But despite that, Jesus died in my sins and forgave me. So even though I'm crooked as the ex-dealer, because Jesus paid the price for my sins, I'm justified before precious God. I've been saved, I've been justified. I died with Jesus, the cocaine dealer died with him. I'm a resurrected in the field. Now, I am being saved. What does Paul say? What does Jesus say? Pick up your cross and follow me. Paul says, I died in. I'm a new creation in old house. And when I'm driving on the end six and the Holy Spirit to tie up the traffic, the old creation is very easy to go. <laughs> I'm being saved. I've got a dying baby. And live in the power of the resurrection age. That is sanctification. He made holy unto God. I didn't say I've been justified. I'm being saved. I'm being sanctified. 
I do not want you to be unaware, my brethren, that our fathers were all under the clouds and passed through the sea. We'll come back to that. The Exodus is a picture of baptism. The Exodus out of Egypt with Moses is a picture of our salvation. Moses is a type or a foreshadow of Jesus. The way that Moses fasted 40 days in the wilderness for the Jesus. The way that Moses went to the mountain and made a covenant with blood and sprinkled on the people of the Jesus. The way that Moses, the faith, Moses came by the faith of his parents, so was Jesus. The way that Moses gave a covenant, so was Jesus. It says in Deuteronomy 18 again, which one from the false prophets that the Messiah be a prophet by Moses to give a covenant. The way that Moses, Moses of Angels, led the children of Israel out of Egypt through the Red Sea into the promised land is the way that Jesus leads us out of the world through baptism into heaven. Egypt is a symbol of the world. Pharaoh is a figure or a symbol of faith in the God of the world. Now what happened? Pharaoh's army also went through the water in bed. But only God's people came out of it. <clears throat> Moses and his family went through the flood. They're the only ones who made it out. In other words, he thought about that in the pit. You want to die an hour later. <laughs> you want to die with Jesus now? You better let him lose the life. Or you want to be one of those who started to fall Obviously, the Lord wants none to perish. He wants us to believe him now. But in the days of Noah, most people won't. Jesus said that. Jesus wants the sympathy will be like the days of Noah. Christ said, when we send him to the wall, but Jesus doesn't say, Noah. Again, those top four that four generalities that we should know. Now, that's the picture. That you go under his eyes, so you come out, you wait. <laughs> if you're not baptized, you should be. If your church isn't teaching you baptism as the first step to taking your Christian life, your church is not teaching you the Christian life the word of God, teaching you some other version. The Bible does no other example, no other instruction. If you can't put that in another Something fundamentally wrong and 
something fundamentally missing in that system. Fundamentally. But again, when you have churches that don't teach the Word of God, but the traditions and theories of men go, that's what happens. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 5. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Yet so much controversy has happened in the body of Christ over the subject of a second baptism. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. If the Bible teaches there's one baptism, how come there are people teaching there are two? Once again, the answer is in 1 Corinthians 10, what does it say? I do not want you to be unaware, my brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all cast through the sea. But the cloud is the Shekinah, the Shekinah. That's the Holy Spirit. The sea is the water. One faith, one baptism. The Bible doesn't make a difference. They were under the water and under the cloud. So much of the confusion that has come over this issue, most of it is entirely unnecessary, and like most confusion in the body of Christ, it comes from a failure to seek the Lord and deal his truth in his word. The water and the cloud. What baptism does, and the only thing baptism does, is to take something which is objectively true and make it a subjective experience in your life. The only thing that baptism does is take something that is already an objective truth and make it a subjective experiential reality in your life. That which is positionally true then becomes experientially true. That which is an objective truth if you get saved and a Billy Graham from the stadium comes forward, or if you get saved reading a tract or a Christian book, or you pray in your kitchen or your office, your friends, that's how you get saved. You got it with Christ at that moment in front of the However, when you go into water, you get what? You experience something. The Bible doesn't make a distinction. Quick, where's the water? We're the ones who make a distinction. Something that was already an objective truth spiritually, if you really need to do it, now becomes a subjective Holy Spirit baptism is no different. The Holy Spirit indwells the heart of every born-again believer from the moment of salvation. 
it comes when people take their particular experience and try to make it a template for a pattern for everybody else. Let's begin with terms. Terms. Let's look at chapter 1, verse 8. You shall receive Zulamach and be power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. There, this experience is simply called the Holy Spirit coming upon you. However, in verse 5 of that same chapter, John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So now we have a second term, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Here, the term is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Except in verse 39, it becomes the promise of the Holy Spirit. Except in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, it becomes the filling of the Holy Spirit. Five different terms used virtually synonymously and interchangeably. Now, the individual terms highlight different aspects of the Holy Spirit's ministry. Nonetheless, they are simply five descriptions of the same thing, even though they all highlight different aspects of what it is. You know what I'm saying? The first place the problem comes with this subject of baptism and baptism in the Spirit is when somebody takes one of their friends. Are you filled with all the spirit, brother? <laughs> Is there a thought? <laughs> you have a second cousin? <laughs> 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 you haven't had all of that, Thomas. Somebody paid their time for the one day you was in their church or whatever, and they tried to make that the bona fide official one, without meeting the full confidence of what God would teach on the subject. I don't care if you call it the gift of the Spirit, the baptism of the Spirit, the promise of the Spirit, I am scared to have all Now, the second thing that happens <laughs> that brings confusion is not only do you have variation in terms, you have variation in experience. Some people will try to tell you that once in area, the phenomenon of tongues is the proof of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now I go to some of the church and then I watch myself. The proof of a spirit for life is not tongues. It is not gifts. 
is wind and fire. <laughs> Power and holiness. What does John say? I baptize with water and he will bring you the Ruach and the Ash. When you see somebody's life, where there's a lack of power in their ministry, I know people who grow up on the Bible and I know what doctors and followers. I wish that he had a thought in the Bible half as well as better than that. But you see that power is done, it's no power. Which churches are the ones in the world that are going to pass? They're the fossils. Not the name of the claimant kind of fossils, not the prosperity kind of fossils, not the standing in kind of fossils, the traditional ones. David Wilkerson, Barry Smith, stuff like that, and the most of the Both Africa, Asia, and Guam, Spain, and the fossil churches are the biggest. What happened in Europe, the Reformation of the 16th century is now happening in South America. Population center of the Roman Catholic world, massive revival. One country, more than 10,000 people, we call Catholic Church. I think they can kind of call them. Guatemala, even more. Ecuador, Mexico, kind of call them. The forefront is going back over to politics in the developing world. So we came to that. Islam, the biggest Muslim country in the world, and Indonesia, 15 million Muslims a year, protecting the Quran, doing the faith of people. Most churches. As far as the shape of it, these people may lack understanding of the scriptures. But if their hearts are right, they're open to the power of God's fear, God's going to use them, is that? However, not just the mighty winds of revival, it is fire. Our God is inspiring fire. Only are consuming fire. What church is all in mind about holiness? What is the concealed stuff you are writing? No. <laughs> what is the legalistic and non-mystic relation? Oh, what church be divine about only? The hyper-charismatic Corinthians. The carnality, the charismatic church in New Testament, was the worst of all the ships. And today, where do you see the most of us? But the minister is in bed the church secretary and speaks scandal 910 times. He's the Pentecostal of the American All these big creatures that have caught in America and scandal? Jimmy Swagger, Jim Baker, Martin Foreman, but in the opinion of the Jamaican City, my other other chap, Bob Jones. Every one of them, some kind of anti-fossil I don't care how many gifts there are. I don't care how much thought there is about power. The power of God is the Holy Spirit. If you find power in the past, in the past, in the past, in the in the church, that's what the power of God is. 
Well, the Holy Spirit was there 3,000 were saying. Why was the unbelief of the church of the law? However, the rabbis also tell us that when the law was given, that's enough to give you. Although the came from heaven, and they derived it from the table of nations in Genesis 10, and said, certainly different problems, languages. For her, thank you, God, for the form of Jesus, the Old Testament. And that same phenomenon, the Pharisees and the Pharisees. The early Christians, in some sense, saw the miracle or the phenomenon of tongues as undoing the curse of the Babylonian of Alabama. That the vision came to man because of sin and rebellion, but through Christ, that rebellion, and that that disunity came from rebellion, is being undone in Jesus. But we saw tongues as a, as a partial reversal of the rebellion of Babylon and the curse that it came from it. Now, the 120 how he did, and his tongue, although he can't even prove his entire 120. But then comes the 3,000. When the 3,000 are saved and receive the Holy Spirit and are baptized, is there any mention of tongues? No. Why people make 120 in the wrong day, everybody, instead of the 3,000, I don't know. But the fact is, in the book of Acts, there's plenty of places we need to find tongues, and plenty of places where they make more mention of You have to be brought to something called ancient Jesus, reading something into the text that's not there, to arrive at this belief that tongues are the initial evidence. They may accompany it, they frequently will be present, but they have to be close to the building, no way. Somebody will take their personal experience and try to make it God's way of healing the world. But that's not the Let's move further. Look at that. In certain places, by Acts 8, the apostles laid their hands on people and they repeated. And I said, there was no laying on his hands. It didn't happen, right? Was Cornelius and the Gentiles? So these 3,000 are very pentacles, they were just outside. When somebody will take not only their turn, but their experience and try to make it uniform for everybody, this is what happened to me, so therefore, it has to happen to you or your experience as a deal. Rubbish. These people may be sincere, they may be well-intentioned, but they're wrong. And look at the damage they can Do you know how many people go around and come to crisis of the what's wrong with me? I don't pay any problems in this book. This is something else that's really wrong with it. There's no reason God has for you. There's good in the stuff. But to say there's something wrong with somebody, I say in some way, but to say there's something wrong with somebody, he doesn't, that's crazy. So he sees the Holy Spirit after he brought it to that sin to houses and raised from the dead. So first, they get saved. 
Go to Jerusalem and wait for the Father. Wait for the Holy Spirit. Right? Now with the 3,000, they get saved. They get baptized in water. And what does Peter say to the night starting to do? Verse 38. He came to let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So they get saved, they get baptized, they get the gift of the Holy Spirit on one shot. And that happens today. I know people who could stay from the charismatic movement. They call it renewal of the Spirit. But their personal experience of being born again and a backlight in the spirit was the same experience, wasn't it? Chapter 8. This is the first of the church. A lot of people thought all this takes importance. But Acts 8 and Acts 10, they said it was a heavy point in the experience of the church because that's the truth that empties on all the pages of my view. Acts chapter 8. What happened? Verse 14. Now, when the apostles of Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John. He came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he not yet fallen upon any of them, they sent them and baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they get saved. They baptized in water. But then in verse 17, the apostles break their hands on them and they receive the influence of the Holy Spirit. That's wonderful. So the apostles can get saved and then they go to the Holy Spirit. The 3,000 get the package here. They get saved, they baptize the word, here in Acts chapter 8, the Samaritans, they get saved, they get baptized in water, then they get to the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Acts chapter 10. Verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. And all the circumcised believers with other people remained because the gift of the Spirit had been poured out upon the Gentiles. They were hearing them speaking with the tongues and exalting God, and Peter answered, Surely no one can refuse water that needs to be baptized with the people of the Spirit that believe And these guys believe in Jesus, they get saved, they get baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they get baptized in water. To have every possible combination in the book of Acts except one. There is absolutely not one set of grounds in the Word of God to baptize somebody before they're saved. Not one set. However, you have people who save and they get baptized in the water and they experience the Passes of the Spirit. They have people who get saved and they're baptized in the water. They use the Spirit of the same time. 
that people can say baptized in the spirit and baptized in the water. Every combination except for that one. Bring for the baby for that. This is baptism to the baptism. The only one that there's no basis for is this. Once again, the problem comes when somebody or some church takes their chronology, takes the order of their experience, and tries to make it the standard for everybody. This is how it happened to me. I was saved and I was baptized and I was still with the spirit of the last hour. Jesus needs us to relax. If you want to take any 10 or 12 people in this room and ask how they got saved, this one was saved through a Christian radio broadcast, that one was saved through a movie casting stage, the other was saved as an advocate of the in a church. Everybody who has a different testimony. Somebody's experience with the Holy Spirit is no different. Somebody might have been out of town, somebody might have happened in the water baptized. Somebody takes their terms, their experience, or the order of theology of how it happened to them, tries to make that understand that they have an unnecessary confusion, unnecessary division, and Christians can put under all kinds of scripture, vows, and all kinds of other things that never fall into the Bible. Now, let's go back to the subject of baptism. Galatians 
It is the first of the resurrection. This resurrection was ours. Brother Hosea chapter 6. Experience of 
the all-time brethren, probably had the best understanding of the Lord's Supper of any church in the modern or in the East. They would not allow an unbaptized person to come to the Lord's table in their life. I am fully persuaded you should not allow an unbaptized person to the Lord's Supper. Baptism is the right initiation of the new covenant, and it should follow through the Bible teaching on baptism. What about it? For the sake of the Lord. Um, through this work and awesome work, you really see what baptism is. I went through it, the parents called about the virus, the night before he was to that high, and Jerusalem was followed by a truck and was killed. What saying? See, that body is angry. Just to kill your grandfather in the Holocaust, and now he's going to come on that. Another country, second is that. Orthodox Jews have a few religions in the We really see what baptism really means in the Middle East. Don't believe in front of
Look at Matthew 28, 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If not, people are now pushing a Jesus only line. Let me tell you who pushes the Jesus only line daily. There are people who adhere to an ancient heresy called Sardinianism. A fourth view of the triunity of the Godhead, or a fourth view of the Trinity, which says, The Father is Jesus, Jesus is Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. But the Father is Jesus. They're the ones who will push this position the most. The Jesus only Jesus. The Gospels. The specific command of Jesus in the Gospels are illustrated or prescriptive. The way the apostles of Christ is the man, the book of Acts is Jesus. Understand? When you look at the proscriptive, before we do the descriptive, Jesus says, Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, it's perfectly difficult to say, from what I say, that that's why it's written in the Father, the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and the Holy Spirit. That's all we do. We can't prove the book of Acts and anything more than that. So we said, well, baptize them in the Jesus himself said, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. While critical scholars and biblical archaeologists hold a dispute over the final verses of Mark, there is no manuscript of the over the final verses of that. Every manuscript of that. So all of these people who can read the Bible can put a grip on them. The key part of very often on the one who has that thought of certainty. I in Christ and him in me. I've been born again. I have been blessed. I'm being saved. I'm being saved. I'm gonna be saved. I shall be in you. Everybody goes through the water. Noah's family went through the water, but they came out. The children of Israel went through the same water. But all my family would have gone You want to die an hour later? Jesus says, Why an hour later? Why are you about death? Why are you trying to fly by a hearse? That's what we need from that. This thing will open. Not everybody has a chance to take it at the wrong funeral. 
before you get baptized and you give your testimony, how you become a believer. James will believe in the Lord Jesus. You get to speak at your own funeral and live your own Jewish. Or Philip Matthew, he was a nice chap and he was a sinner. And the call you better off say, I was just in contact. Speak at your own funeral. Don't wait for somebody else to do the idea.
that one to be for all the other in my place. That's what I think we should do. We need to have a look and write an unsafe friend, neighbor, to be able to keep doing the night contact.
verse 30, and it came about that when he, Laban, Nabon, saw the ring and the bracelet on his sister's wrist, and when he heard the words of Rebecca, his sister saying, this is what the man said to me, he went to the man who was standing by the screen and said, come in, come in. So father sends his servant to prepare a bride for his son. God sends the Holy Spirit to hit the bride of Jesus to perish. Again, cruel, and he was sent. That's it, right? He's just very willing for them to be stuck. The kids were cruel. The Holy Spirit is always a servant, coming to do the thing of the Father on behalf of the Son. He never puts himself on a pedestal or receives the kind of stuff that can happen today. He's kind of right there in the middle. Once again, look at the proof. After 26 years of this charismatic stuff, we're in the revival. The society gets worse and worse, and the church is getting worse. Thank you. 